Hello and welcome to the Court Games LCG Podcast, hosted by me, Trevor Cuba, aka Kikito Onimaru, and in an epic all-crane takeover, I have a very special co-host today. <laughs> and I am Jeannie Calvar, I'm Kikita Kaori, and for some reason I have escaped the confines of the Court Games RPG Podcast, and I find myself here. I am still not sure what to do with we- myself. We have Purge, the LCG cast of all Maho and stuff. Apparently, we kicked out uh, 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 the lion out of here. We, co- we called Uji in to blow him up. It's all great. It's all crane. <laughs> 100% blue just standing in the ruins of Kitten Kikita. So, oh well. So, on a, on, a, on a scale of 1 to 10, how nervous are you right now? Because the Court Games RPG podcast is a very structured thing that you, like, diligently study for and stuff. I don't study for anything <laughs> and just freeball everything. So, how outside of your comfort zone are you right now? Um, Doubly uh, outside my comfort zone because it's both, like, I haven't done hardly any homework for this. And this is about cards, right? cards but this is also a little bit more of a card game theory because this is a topic that you had come to me and max before max by the way is just busy with work tonight it's the only reason he's not here um (laughs) but yeah you had brought up you were having a really lively discussion in the lcg courtroom or courtroom the chat room (laughs) and you came to me like hey this would be a really good subject to talk about i was like all right come on and talk about like what me with my voice and words <laughs> no oh, no no well i think it is a it is a, a something important to talk about there's been a lot of um concern i guess uh that i have noticed maybe you haven't i don't know um on like facebook and some on the discord but mostly on facebook about is the game dying is is it going to die it it's all these things are terrible with it and lots of freaking out. And I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe we need to slow that down a little bit and figure out what, what is, what is going on? Why are people unhappy with the game and think it's going to die? Uh, and sure. I mean, that's, that's very fair. And, and I say that as someone who posted something not too long ago on Facebook that I was more like pointing out like, hey, this is some weird stuff that FFG does when I was pointing out how um, they rather unceremoniously ended support for what was it? Star Wars Destiny or one of their mm-hmm. other games? I don't really follow them too much. Um, and I had posted on Facebook, and it did create a, a rather sizable conversation about, like, the state of the game, and a lot of those feelings came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of these anxieties are not necessarily unfounded, but it is, it is like, hard to generate a positive atmosphere when, you know, these these are a lot of, like, not kind of baseless claims. Like, we don't know how well things are. Well, there's... I mean, we, we don't know how, how good things are, but we also know how bad things right. are, which I think is the, the, the scary in-between <laughs> we're in. There is... Uh, there's certainly... Lord knows there's a lot of uh, stuff to be, you know, anxious about. It it We only just hit 2021, so it's it's been an anxious kind of a year anyway. And uh, COVID has had its... Uh, had its uh, teeth into many, many industries, not just 
gaming to throw all the original plans that the companies may have had into into chaos. So so there's a lot to be anxious about. That's that's certainly that's certainly fair. But uh, yeah, COVID really is that kind of number one with a bullet for like where these anxieties are coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, we just had a year of like no, it, 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 like a year with no Kotai season, with mm-hmm. no uh, organized play support of meeting each other and getting hyped for the next upcoming event. Um, kind of shows you how important an active organized play system is to a living car or a competitive card game in general mm-hmm. and granted we have jigoku you know mm-hmm. the, the the fight club that we we, we pretend do, it doesn't exist whenever ffg's listening <laughs> uh they know but um yeah we have those things but like it's not quite the same as you know hopping in a car travel several hours going getting a hotel and then hanging out with your l5r buddies for the weekend for a major tournament and then like traditionally like the, the the tournament itself also plays a larger role towards some sort of mega game to one degree or another, you know, between AEG and FFG. So uh, without that, there's like a whole sense of like, well, the products keep coming and some of us aren't even like me and Max today. Like we don't, pl- we're very competitive card game players. We're not playing the game very much right now because there's no tournament, mm-hmm. a major tournament to play towards, you know? And the, playing those tournaments also gives you data rather than your anxieties in terms of uh you know which how clans are doing how 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 things are doing uh jikoku is is pretty random and and we've had some online tournaments but it feels like to me as an outsider you know everybody can beat me but uh, uh that people are acting a lot more on their worries and concerns or thinking about their worries and concerns when they look at the cards, they, they evaluate things than, than, than necessary. But all that said, there is in my observation, um, a certain anger that has developed um, it's kind of going away a little bit after the last RL, and some of the pack previews are pretty promising. But there's a lot of people who seemed really, really angry at the end of the previous uh, cycle. Uh, would you say that that's true? Um, yes, especially near the end where things got really bad and when i say bad i mean like there's some odd power spikes in the game Mm -hmm. and some of the cards that came out just seem to be obviously bad ideas like we have stoke insurrection and bayushi kachika i'm picking on scorpion but and there's, there's also the thing of you know the perpetual like why is scorpion always an issue it's become a meme it's become kind of like a albatross that those scorpion players who just want to play and enjoy their cards have to bear Mm -hmm. where they can't really learn to love their cards any because it's like even like a lot of the hate towards that clan not the players but Mm -hmm. the clan and the cards are justified you know they're the players that are like catching all the backlash for things that are not necessarily their fault Mm -hmm. either um, so there's a lot of issues going on there, you know, in, in 
some reoccurring issues in design where, oh, Scorpion keeps getting really good cards. Dragon keeps getting really bad cards. A lot of people just keep getting a lot of, like, meh in-between cards. Um, mm-hmm. Questions are arising. And, and again, in a, it's in a... In a world where we're not getting a lot of positive like updates, like we get new cards and mm-hmm. cards are cool, but without you know f- positive things to really look forward to, all we're left with is either negativity or like nothing, and nothing is bad because then your imagination fills that space, and the Im- human imagination always tends towards the negative. Like, mm-hmm. what's the worst possible reason all this is going on right now? <laughs> right. So what I had gotten into a conversation with uh, last week was it was another kind of rolling unhappiness train. You know, this this dissatisfaction, this this undercurrent of anger that you know goes on uh, and gets built up, and it cycles. It you know sometimes it's fine, and sometimes it gets really high, and sometimes it's like flats out and everything. But um, I wanted to translate that or I was talking to people about that because well it is a it is a long term understanding that comes from psychology and it comes actually out of a lot of the major religions especially Buddhism you know it Buddhism almost hinges on this but uh and it comes from my own uh, experience dealing with a son who has anger management issues um that anger is a difficult emotion it it drives us in a lot of different ways but the insight that has come through these various fields of psychology and religion and whatever is that anger comes from expectations that are not met that's that's the derivation that, of the emotion of anger. Okay? I, I could definitely see how that fits into the relationship of L5R, mm-hmm. where it is such a huge multifaceted property where it's kind of impossible to meet everybody's expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, but it only gets worse as certain expectations are continuously unmet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. And, and many times... Our anger is justified because we have appropriate uh, expectations that uh, are not being met. For example, if we get angry because we see something that is unjust going on, and we want justice, Mm -hmm. we get angry because we have an expectation that the world will be just, that our society should be just. And that is a reasonable Mm -hmm. expectation. Okay? Uh, we, we do, in fact, live in a society. Right. The Joker told me. <laughs> so, so I mean, <laughs> anger can be uh, healthy and appropriate, but if the expectation behind the anger is not uh, appropriate, is not rational, uh, then your anger becomes uh, uh, destructive. Uh, it becomes uh, impossible to meet. You know, it come it, it becomes impossible to resolve and and you're dealing with the anger uh, ends up having to make you examine your own um, expectations is is often the 
the best way of of dealing with the anger and saying, okay, was this thing that I expected to happen, that I, I thought should happen, that I expected, um, was that really a, a, a thing I should have expected? Mm-hmm. So so the example I use is is like, if I go outside and it rains, I'm not angry about the rain, right? Mm. But if I go outside and it's raining and I've been told for a week that tomorrow that it's going to be sunny that day and I have planned a really big event around it being sunny and all those newscasters told me it would be sunny and it's in the middle of summer and and it's raining at that point I have a much greater chance of being angry about the rain than I would if it was like I expected it to rain. And it rained. Mm-hmm. So I get it. And also, from what I can see from the notes that you provided me and what you've been talking about so far, there's also something to be said about where you're angry but and you're lashing out at a certain thing. But that's not necessarily the thing that's actually making you angry and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like all that stuff about the rain could happen. But something I'll see more often, I think more relatable to L5R and the way that the community is, is I'm not upset about the rain. Now, if I wake up and my I step in my dog's poo because he went in my living room and the sink is busted and I and my car has a flat and I go to fix it and I'm missing my tools and then it suddenly starts raining. Well, then I'll be like, I'm going to like throw a baseball through my car window or something. I'm lashing it on, you know, but I'm not necessarily angry at the rain. Mm -hmm. The rain was just the thing that like pushed me over the edge. It's actually a number of underlying things, which I think you kind of addressed in the the little uh, list you provided here, (laughs) too. That certainly makes sense. And, you know, all of those things, uh, those little things that built up were all little expectations you had. So... If you woke up and you expected to step in your dog's poo, then you would probably be really a depressed person. But, you know, you wouldn't be angry about it. You expected it. Uh, If you knew your car, you know, battery was dead, you wouldn't expect it to start up in the morning. So you wouldn't be angry about that. It would be, you know. Because you knew, yeah. knew that's how it's it easier to manage expectations, even negative ones, when you kind of know they are. If my dog is sick, if my car's been having trouble for a long time, we keep using this, this like uh, terrible morning analogy <laughs> and stuff. But generally speaking, like yeah, if you're the more these things are not coming out of nowhere, and the more you've had time to prepare and compartmentalize mm-hmm. these things, the better they are to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last time the L5R community, which to be fair. Alpha Var, we get our heckles up quite often. <laughs> <laughs> the sky is always falling in Alpha R. Um, the last time the community was really upset was Gen Con last year when the Echo Bird deck was out there. Do you know what I mean when I say Echo Bird? Yeah, I, I, I remember that. Okay. That's a Phoenix And there's thing, a lot right? of issue because. <laughs> It is, it is, in fact, a Phoenix thing. You are an expert card player. <laughs> um. And it like the, the it that deck had swept through the tournament and stuff, and it was like people were very upset online about it. And people were telling us like, "We're the, the strategy is not actually that overpowered and like kind of easily solvable once everyone got their uh, their heads around it." Um, 
And I had talked like during that time and sometime since where it was like, that was like kind of the tip of the iceberg. There was a lot of things around L5R and FFG throughout most of that summer, building up this like collection of like negative energy where the echo bird was just the tip of the iceberg to kind of pull everything to get uh, other. And like, there's just massive outrage. Like we did, how dare a company create the echo bird? <laughs> no, there's actually several dozen things underneath there and mm -hmm. stuff. It's just, you know, the bird is taking the blunt of it and stuff. Kind of similar to what we've happened recently, where the game was fairly stable, but there are still... And I would say, because the coronavirus is a factor, but it's also one of those, like, manageable things. We, we know the situation. We know why we can't have tournaments and this, that, or whatever and stuff. Uh, the game balance, where everyone wants, at the very least, a kind of like a, a, a specific game experience... Like, it was in a sweet spot, and, you know, the nature of a card game business is you add more cards, and those cards, for the most part, kind of, like, locked, you know, upset the balance and ingrained some of the worst aspects of the game. It was just kind of the nature of the open letter that came out a couple of months ago mm -hmm. that we talked about. So, you know, I think it, it is useful, a useful exercise, maybe, to talk about what are some of the expectations outside of individual clans um, that, you know, picking down into making it, defining it really well, that people have for L5R as, as a card game. What, what, what do, what is expectations? And then, you know, we kind of have to examine those expectations. So we have to figure out, okay, is, are these, ex is this expectation that I have, this thing that is, potentially making me angry is this expectation i have is that a reasonable explanation all right well i kind of broke this down into these buckets is this expectation being met something that is absolutely necessary for for the game to exist okay absolutely necessary would be that um it would be like have tournaments that are uh, welcoming to to people, you know you you don't want sure. to. I'd say that would be very necessary. Yeah, you 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 don't want to have you know built in you know sexism or anything anything else in your tournaments. You don't want that. That would just be very bad. Um, there are other there are other things we could call necessary or not, but absolutely necessary to work. And then there's expectations that are desirable and feasible. So it means that. You want this? It sounds nice. It's it's good to have, and it's possible for them to do. Okay, um, like story prices. <laughs> yeah, potentially that sounds like a great great desirable and feasible thing. This is this is something. Is it an expectation that is desirable, but very difficult or or near impossible? And and there are expectations that people have that that may be in that range. Um, another like story prices, <laughs> like story prices. maybe. Um, <laughs> Depending on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on who you ask. Um, uh, is this expectation that I have conflicting with another expectation for the game? One of the old old five art things was uh, a people would expect cards that uh, were strong and awesome as prizes for winning tournaments. 
with strong and awesome decks. But they also <laughs> desire balance between the clans. And those are conflicting conflicting expectations because you you know you can't ha keep giving the strongest decks strong cards, right? Mm -hmm. And you know Absolutely. stronger cards and have balance with the other clans at the same time. They they kind mm -hmm. of conflict with each other. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, you, you can't give, um, you know, if X-Clan keeps winning tournaments, let's pretend like it might not be Scorpion, mm -hmm. you know, so they just get power cards. Well, that just entrenches them further into being a more dominant card. So uh, the designer, well, Tyler would have to anticipate Scorpion was going to win earlier and then, like, preload the next cycle with a bunch of overpowered cards in the, all the other clans, which doesn't seem like a good idea. Mm -hmm. Or just, you know, not give cards as a prize. You, you've, we've actually seen this because we've had cards as prizes for tournaments where we've had Toshi Ranbo and Kunshu. Mm -hmm. Both have gone to Scorpion. Um, and both are neat like their story implications are more interesting than the card that got pr uh, printed because the cards are, uh, Toshi Ramos saw some play in some niche decks a little bit, mm -hmm. but for the most part, those cards are rather forgettable because they're not really competitive. And if you, if your expectation was that that card be super strong, well, maybe there's other conflicting, uh, expectations that, that don't work with that. Um, there are people. We've also learned from. Uh, Good. I'm sorry. We've also learned from AEG days that, like, if you have something that's a cool prize and it turns out to be a problem, it becomes an even more serious issue to ban it mm -hmm. or restrict it in some way because you are literally snatching a prize out of someone's hands at that point. Exactly. Um, We've seen that with the old F5R story prizes where someone's like, I won this. And then, well, you're the thing you won got the, the person got killed or something. Like, well, the, that's, but that was mine, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes uh, our expectations are potentially undesirable. Maybe that's not something, maybe that's something you want. I want Crane to win every tournament. I want them to be so broken that, you know, they dominate the whole field. <laughs> that is, might be something that I want. Maybe that's an expectation I have. Uh, but that's not necessarily a desirable expect, you know, uh, thing for the card game environment. And there's, oh, that one's a silly example, but you, you get the picture that you can have undesirable um Expectations. Well, as cranes, me and you have over the years experienced two forms of this that might be fit into this category, which is honor victories and dueling, <laughs> which is something that crane players really enjoy, but players outside of crane quickly start to not like. Like people like uh, often on theory like the idea of the multiple win conditions, <laughs> but. You know, they would get upset if an honor clan won Gen Con back in the day or, you know, if a Dishonored deck won, you know, even though Dishonor wins very often in this new version of the <laughs> game. But uh, and then dueling has like if, if you are playing a clan that can has access to cool duels, you like dueling. If you're not, you wish the entire dueling mechanic would leave the game. <laughs> There's no in between there. Right. So so. You, know, you could have things that were pat 
potentially undesirable for the game that you have an expectation that you want. And then nothing will make you happy because it's not good for the game. But, you know, on that thing, you will have a, have a, you will be angry about until you deal with your um, potentially undesirable expectation. And then there are expectations that are simply impossible, that it just can't, can't be met. Um, and again, that's even more so that, you know, that's up to you to like, take a look at that expectation and realize that that's, that's something that, you know, it might sound lovely, but it's, it's just impossible. I would love, uh, FFG to, you know, give me cards for free every month, you know, that would be great, but that's impossible. They can't do that because then they would go out of business, you know? Uh, if their cards were convenient. Well, it's possible. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm too much of an optimist to think of anything as truly impossible and stuff. But there are things that, like, are just strict out of the lines. Like, uh, they've said that they're not going to add any more clans in the foreseeable future. So people who are fans of Shadowlands or Ratlings or Naga or things like that. Like, you'll see them in cards, but you're not going to see an entire deck with a stronghold and everything associated with them. Right. And so if you don't come to grips with the fact that that's probably not going to happen. You're going to have a, <laughs> you're going to have a really hard time for a while. Um, yeah. So, um, I thought, and to, and to get, not, not, not to, to throw you off your thing, but let, you see literally all these things and they are like more or less reasonable depending on the player. But as we said, F, uh, like L5R is a multifaceted game with a long history and something AEG noticed early on and FFG is noticing, now they probably probably expected it, but you know, <laughs> as these various wants and needs and expectations are not met, doesn't matter how necessary or impossible they are, or wherever the spectrum may be fine, people will leave the game for this. There's people who say like, "There's no rattlings in the game, therefore I am not going to play this game." Or a bigger one is Mantis Clan. There's no Mantis Clan faction in this game. I'm not playing this version of the game. Mm -hmm. So. But, but, you know, I can't speak, I'm not speaking to, to FFG, you know, if they listen, that would be lovely, I'm sure. But I, I can't speak for them or, you know, tell them what to do. Um, I, I'm in charge of controlling my own expectations. And so it, it I think it behooves me, uh, behooves each of us to take a look and try and figure out if I really dig down into it, if I get past the anger and, and dig down to the actual expectation I have, and then just decide, is that, is that something that's doable? How, how actually doable is that, is that expectation of mine? Um, is that a deal breaker for me? You know, it, it, uh, is that, you know, looking at the expectations very, carefully and some of them are pretty obvious if, if you want to play mantis and you're not going to be happy with anything but a, a mantis stronghold and you need that right there then then you know that might not be able to be met and and you're there but maybe a lot of people's emotions come from having an expectation but they kind of like don't really know what it is they're asking for and so they like feel they feel bad about it but they don't know what they're feeling bad about. <laughs> yeah, I will say I think FFG knows well enough that you can't try to satisfy everyone with everything because some people are unreasonable. 
like I do not play fantasy football because fantasy football does not have wizards. Mm-hmm. And I think if you call yourself fantasy football, there should be a wizard somewhere oh, yeah, in there. Definitely, you know? I agree. Clearly, you know, the NFL is not bending over backwards to cater to me because I'm a crazy jerk off. <laughs> So I thought maybe we could take some time if you wanted to and talk about like what are some of the expectations that people may be uh maybe have um for for L5R and uh, that are you know, kind of getting getting them flustered and maybe we can um talk about that and talk about you know, kind of where it fits is it in terms of everything and how how feasible it is i thought maybe mm-hmm. sure. does that sound good yeah i mean no it, it sounds terrible podcast <laughs> over i never want to talk to you ever again yeah, right you talk to me <laughs> <laughs> break my heart <laughs> Aww. all right uh well let's see uh this is your list so yeah this is and this is uh, a list you've assembled through observation over the years and more recently is that what i am understanding yeah this is just a spur of the moment kind of list that i i came up with but i thought i'd talk about talk about them and and but i'll talk about the first one first because i think that this one is like the biggest one and we don't really face it head on so okay um we and i don't exclude myself from this we overall have a general feeling that every clan will have about an equal percentage chance of winning the game over all the other clans. So we don't expect L5R to work like rock, paper, scissors. We don't expect if we sit down crane versus unicorn, crane will always win versus unicorn. It's not rock, paper, scissors balance, right? It's Mm -hmm. we look Mm -hmm. for ideally a 50-50 balance for any combination of two clans, no matter which two mm. clans there are. Uh, we're forgiving up to about 60-40. And then, sure, sure. Uh, you know, because it's hard to be perfect. People don't complain too much if it's, you know, it's if uh, Unicorn wins versus uh, Dragon... 60% of the time to 40, well, the dragon might be kind of mad, but if they're winning 60% of the time to 40 over lion, yeah, we, but if it goes over 60-40, we get pretty upset. We want our games to have yeah. have that. We want to keep playing our clan, and we want to chat no matter what our clan is, and we want to have a fifty fifty chance of winning. So it's all. Mm-hmm. Does that sound sure? Um, um, I agree with you to a point. Okay. Um, and that's because um, not just L five R, but most competitive games, not even competitive games, games in general, uh, don't operate on a smooth 50 50 there is supposed to be a more of a 60 40 70 30 uh thing where you know some clans some deck types are just supposed to be more effective versus others because it creates a more dynamic field this is what stops all clans from being kind of like milk toast and kind of like really like 
the difference between crane and lion would just be, you know, flavoring mm-hmm. at that point, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, crane have some very unique advantages and some very unique disadvantages mm-hmm. that separates it from other clans. And all the clans do that. And that's an enjoyable part of many games. Um, the problem, this is where we get more towards what you're getting at here, is, and this is also what was kind of at the heart of the open letter that came out a few months ago, mm-hmm. where is where... It's not like, oh, like when we're playing Crane versus Unicorn, we use them as an example and stuff. It's not like a 60-40 or 70-30. It's like, no, they're winning almost every time because certain clans just do not have the tools to overcome certain clans. Um, Unicorn was a big one for that for a while because... Uh, they had this really aggressive aggro style, which was very useful for some things. It just kept them in the field. But they had a problem versus Crane and Scorpion because they have counters and their game plan revolved a lot around uh, cavalry reserves. And if you can cancel their big event that costs like three, four fate, you know, they basically lose the game right there. And Crab, because of the way that they are resilient and they can, like, hold off that final push, the Unicorns would find themselves completely gassed almost no matter what they did versus those um, old Crab decks and mm-hmm. could not win at all. Now, uh, I remember very... Was that? I was going to say that... Now, note that I'm saying clans, not deck types. So... Sure. There's a, there's a difference. Just... <laughs> Yeah. Well, then we get to the situation of how many clans have feasible deck types right now. Mm-hmm. Some of the best clans have, like, at best two. Most clans only have one option that's, like, mm-hmm. their premier and stuff. Like, take for Dragon. Dragon has one deck that is kind of their premier, and it's terrible. So you'll see them experimenting with a lot of weird stuff because like oh their best deck doesn't cut muster so they might as well just start throwing a lot of weird shit at the wall (laughs) and seeing what sticks lion was doing that for a very long time where their best deck doesn't wasn't getting consistent results so all the lion decks were really like inconsistent stuff in a perfect world yeah i mean they have like there are cards that feed into deck types that are there they exist but if you consider only things that consist that, that can go to a tournament and do well then the number of potential decks in each clan mm-hmm. drops drastically right so i'm i, I just want to clarify that our, our expectation re- regarding um and i'm calling this balance for lack of a term clan balance uh that this sense that we're you know each clan you know each game is kind of a 50 50 if not perfectly 50 50 each game is a 50 50 shot each game is fair between our two decks if you will Uh, i I don't know about the 50 50 but i will say fair you know it's a fair match where it's the heart of the game is supposed to be like player skill versus player right it's it's more i have a better strategy i should be able to win right um then that yeah, that's 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 the expectation. There are there are other expectations that you're starting to to roll in there, and so we can talk about them. But mm. but that that sense is is a clan versus clan one. Another another expectation that I have seen expressed. So that was balance. Okay. Another expectation mm. I've seen expressed is I expect to hardly ever 
and usually only as a as a result of mistakes or 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 some other thing. Uh, I I never want to feel boxed out or op out of options. There will always be a chance, you know, a a a a chance of some fashion through randomness or through um, player skill to to break free of any condition that my opponent puts on me. And um, hmm. so this is kind of, uh, this is part of an expectation that, that gets to some of the uh, interactive stuff or the uh, you know, fun, <laughs> the fun expectation. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody wants to no. sit there and feel like they can't do anything to stop the, the, the other player that there's just like I've been yeah. stuck there and now I got to see you run two turns without me doing anything about it because you've put me in a position where I can't do anything about that. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, we're uh we're just talking about that a little bit in the previous uh thing of, you know, clans, you know, some of the matchups are so one-sided where it feels like you're boxed out of options, you know, where I was just talking about unicorn not being able to stop counter spells or not being able to stop the endurance of the crab. Um or you'll see what happens a lot or what was happening is scorpion with their dishonor ability and there's not enough like anti-dishonor tools in the game mm -hmm. to stop them from just like draining uh honor from their opponent very quickly you right know? so or i'm thinking about uh situations like in old 5r where you'd hit a deck that if you were playing a deck that had honor uh, honor costs on your uh, characters to put them into play, right? And mm. you got below starting honor very early, and you had no way of getting mm. it back up. You you sat there and you played the day. It. You can't buy a character. You can't bring it in. Um, and that's yeah. not a place we we like to be. It might be legitimate. Yeah. You might have plenty of other ways to win. You might you're clan matchup versus that other clan might actually be good but this this being in position of uh being locked out in that strong a fashion to where you can't bring a card into play mm. and this is this I, is the asawa tadaka thing you can't yeah. do anything you're stuck you're 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 out of options we don't like Tadaka. It yeah, doesn't matter how good Phoenix is doing overall, balance-wise. We don't like Tadaka because he means we can't play the game. We can't break free of the condition Tadaka puts us in. Same for Guest of Honor. That's that expectation on us. Does that make sense? Absolutely. There is something to be said where games, kind of games, like the whole goal is to maneuver your opponent into a checkmate mm -hmm. position, move your opponent to a way where they can't do anything. But there's a lot difference of, hey, I did this and this and this and use my strategy to put you into this corner. And then because you didn't see what I was doing quick enough, you are now trapped and then I've got you and I win versus like, hey, I just played the FU card and FU and now you've lost. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we're seeing that right now. We, uh, um, options are still in. We have, um, 
the little doji, was it Netsu, little two-drop guy, uh, says can't, like, as long as he's in the field, other people can't be killed or sacrificed. And you play that versus the crab sacrifice deck, and it just loses. Mm -hmm. Like, it can't do anything. Right. <laughs> it's terrible. So so we don't, we don't like those. And the more that the card boxes in, I mean, potentially you could build decks or work decks around... Uh, mm. around Netsu because it's limiting a fairly narrow thing compared to say Tadaka, you know, which is or Guest mm. of Honor, right? Uh, which is, you know, hits, hits mm. a bigger swathe of card effects. Um, but yeah. but this this whole, I don't want to feel boxed out or out of options is an expectation that we have that may may not be reasonable. I mean, it sounds, it sounds good, but then you think, okay, I, I don't like this, but then you think, okay, how did I get to this position of being being boxed out? What did they do more than one thing? Is uh, you know, mm. if I say I feel boxed out and out of options because my opponent has cancels mm. and and played three cancels on me in a turn, is that is it reasonable that they should never be able to cancel my actions? Is that or is that just my Feeling boxed out, um, I, you know, I have this expectation that I should be able to play my cards, and mm. under this set of circumstances and this good card draw and all of that stuff, I can't play my cards. Is that really? Um, you know, like I said, is it, is it a result of a strategy? Like I built my deck to do this thing, and then I played my deck, and I like got my opponent to move in the ways that I wanted to to get them into this box up position versus I just did one or two things and I just like use a super overpowered card and it just uh, hit or there is a design flaw like mm -hmm. you know, like old L5R if I don't have an, if all my characters have an honor requirement and it's very easy to knock me below my uh, starting honor and like oh I just lose because <laughs> a very <laughs> easy thing you know yeah so so it's just a you know, in that case, maybe in some cases it's reasonable if you're reasonable about it. But maybe sometimes that feeling is still just, it's still a feeling. You could still feel mad that you got boxed out of your options, even if what your opponent did is actually, you know, a reasonable thing for the card game as a whole to do. It's okay that the card game has cancels in it that are as diff you know, are as difficult it just does mean that sometimes you get hit by them anyway just an observation um another expectation i kind of talked about was that we want our games to feel different we we don't want to have the exact same game between every opponent and every plan that they play so if i am playing if i'm playing a crane deck versus even a mirror crane deck right i want to be able to play um and and have different kinds of uh, opponents even if they're the same clan so so, uh, so it's not it's not boring if you and max every play every game you play crane versus crab was exactly the same that would be kind of 
not what you do. I mean, we, do. we did kind of do that for a very long time. But I get what you're saying. Yes, it's, it's just we expect. Yeah, so you're talking variety. more. You're talking more like deck variety. You know, if I if I got a crane deck and you have a crane deck, we shouldn't show up at a tournament. And they're like basically the same deck, which is kind of what I was talking earlier about. Like, all right, so we have all these cards. There's, there's very many cards in the pool mm-hmm. right now, but once you shave off all of the actual viable options, mm-hmm. there's only a, a few. Um, mm-hmm. Crane, I mean, we're very lucky and stuff because there's a few arc. There's like mm-hmm. one that's the best, but there's several others that are like not so far down that you're not wrong for playing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus, hey, I've got dragon. I'm just gonna play this dragon deck, and mm-hmm. it sucks, and all the dragon players suck. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it- or 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 a deck that's like so incredibly overpowered that like no, it's so obviously the right ap- option that this is just the deck. You know, with like. And this like the first year of L5R, this FFG version of it. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of things going on like that, especially when this carpool was so small. It's all the decks were the same with slight deviations. All right, and and just to to take a theoretical example, there's there's that you want the decks to have different cards in them, um, mm. ideally. Uh, you also want it to all be in the. Um, you know, have this element of randomness. So if every deck had was sorted all right so you didn't actually have randomness Hmm. in it and if every deck was sorted then it would always be the same right yeah you know that's what we're getting into like is this deck chess or checkers or something something that's very static um and that's actually a conversation that happens where as since the start of card games with like random elements mm-hmm. i would say but more specifically for this one with the introduction of um what is that mechanic that lets you draw multiple cards in the dynasty phase yeah rally is the keyword i was thinking of rally. Way. um so the question is is because like is are we playing poker or are we playing chess and depending on the player that's actually a different answer because some people prefer more consistency and some people prefer more of the randomness. Because mm-hmm. neat thing about the 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 random nature of card games is they're not as random as they seem. And between like making wise picks, uh, plays during throughout the game and constructing your deck, uh, you can control the randomness in a deck to a large degree. Um, and that is actually a very much into the skill of what it, uh, is in the game. There's also something to be said for, I'm going to go, I'm going to talk out my butt a little bit about mm-hmm. magic because I don't really play magic that much. But since it's a short game, because that game is such a high degree of randomness that it's actually possible for a very low experienced player to like squeeze out a win accidentally mm-hmm. every once in a while versus someone who's like, better than not like a grand champion but someone's like a little better than them because hey sometimes you're playing and you just don't see any mana or back in the old l5r days you just like would get gold screwed or gold flooded you know at a certain time Mm -hmm. and that would cause an opportunity for you to win and it is you know um an aspect of game design that's Mm -hmm. very intentional actually of like hey maybe new players just sometimes you just win or lose randomly because it feels really good to win when you're on the bottom of the thing mm-hmm. this is something that's a problem with like very competitive games and also fighting games it's like oh you're actually just going to get the life stomped out of you and you have to like have a certain kind of demeanor to 
like muscle through that before you can get into the enjoyable part of the game of this really intense boot camp. And it's not something that many people want to stick around for. It's one of the reasons why certain competitive games are hard to get into. It's one of the reasons why fighting games are very hard to get into. Right. So randomness benefits a new, a newer player, a less experienced player, um, mm-hmm. and also provides variety. And, and another thing I do have on there is that you will, uh, you know, and, and is an expectation that people who, who want variety in their games and uh, want, you know, maybe our new, new players might want more randomness, but people who are very uh, skilled players who want to consistently win might want less randomness. So now mm. you have conflicting expectations, which is fine. Yeah. But they've got, to, you know, you've got to acknowledge that those are conflicting things. That's all. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will say, you know, not to drag out the point, but one of the reasons why this has kind of come, you're correct in noticing that this is a friction point that's come up recently, and it was mentioned in the open letter. It's because the game recently has kind of shifted with the effects I was talking about with Rally and everything, where there the game was more random, but controlled random which is uh, it was a very interesting spot that the game that other players liked and stuff with the addition of the rally effects and the city of the rich frog to mm-hmm. make the dynasty specifically more consistent it it made a more static dynasty thing and it like fundamentally changed the idea of like what is a um stable dynasty draw <laughs> and it kind of like it's screwed with the math you know uh, depending on you know if i could say like hey i'm always going to have hita Kasada on turn two uh which is a thing that happens you know mm-hmm. uh that changes how i'm going to do the game you right. know versus some games was like oh i really like to hit hita Kasada, but he just never showed up and i had to learn to deal what what if you mm-hmm. know i could make i could build the rest of my deck differently if I know I'm going to have Hita Kasada on turn two, you know what I mean? Exactly. And so I have another um, expectation people have. It's just the flip side of this, which is that there will, we have an expectation. A lot of people have that expectation that there will not be so much randomness that randomness takes precedence over skill. I expect to almost yeah. always win if I am definitely the better player, even if I draw poorly compared to them uh, drawing drawing well that is an expectation we have so we want these games to be different and Mm. have variety and not too fixed and you know potentially i could come back from behind and and uh you know break free from a lock but i also want there to be not so much randomness that it takes precedence over skill and stops me from winning if i'm the better player no matter what i draw that's that's why you get yeah. these these conflicts. So we've talked a lot about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people would say like, "Hey, if I'm the superior player, you can like we find all these situations like where there's very obviously skill gaps and stuff. The superior player should like the question becomes how often should they win? Mm-hmm. Some people would say they should win nine times out of ten, and you know that one time out of ten, that's the milk bone you give to the newer player to kind of keep them motivated and stuff. That's you know kind of of a steep estimate. I think um, I'm, I'm making, pulling these numbers right out of my butt and stuff, <laughs> but uh, I think a more healthy number is you should win best uh, s- uh, seven out of ten. You know, give the opponent like 
three solid matches that, you know, for various reasons they won out of there. It gives them more breathing room, makes the lower, uh, the, the uh, newer player feel a bit better. That's not a completely, like, curb stomp situation. <laughs> um, I think something that's bad is 10 out of 10, even though... You know, everyone, everyone's all got up their haunches like, well, if I'm the win, the best player. I should win all the freaking time. Like, no, there's let's respect the randomness here and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think depending like how often a, a, a unskilled player or a lesser skilled player, you know, I don't talk, talk about like I'm not saying like someone who's off the streets going up against like one of the top players in the game is going right, to get these right, statistics right. and stuff. But, but um, there was a situation I, I, I always cite this a bunch where. You know, Max is a superior player to me and stuff. But I'm also, you know, not for nothing, I'm pretty good at the game. You know, I hold my own at tournaments. And our win-to-loss ratio at a certain point in the game was not reflecting it. Or he was getting straight, like, 10 out of 10 matches. Or that one match was, like, a crazy upset. And I can remember all the times where I had beaten him in the, during that early, the early parts of this game. Because the crazy amounts of hoops and ladders I had to jump through uh, and also like a large part of his deck failing him at a certain time or him making a massive play error had to factor into me just squeezing out a a desperate win, you know? Mm -hmm. And then once the card pool changed, it became a much more like still probably in his favor, depending on when the, what the card pool was. um, But it became a much more interactive, you know, give and take right there. (laughs) Hey, listeners, Trevor from the future here. Uh, me and Jeannie had a really fun time recording this conversation. However, it went very, very long. So what we're going to do is we're going to chop this thing up into two parts and come back later next week to see part two, where we actually get to the meat of Jeannie's list. This one was mostly talking about the preamble and the first couple of bullet points, arguably the most important bullet points she had to talk about and then we're going to talk about the rest of it and stuff so there's um she's got 17 total items that she wants to talk about we go through the rest of them in much uh faster fashion so uh look part look forward to part two of this discussion coming out next week real quick i do want to cover our normal end podcast shout out so keep in mind you check out uh our sister podcast uh court games rpg uh, which is hosted by Jeannie, our guest host this week, and also Kovar. Uh, we also have some actual play podcast, Crimson Gold Agonies and Fortune and Strife. And we have the new uh, YouTube series, Tokyo the Five Rings, talking about Japanese history, religion, and culture. You can find this and more on the website, www.courtgamespod.com. Q Max doing his game show announcer voice on this one if you like this podcast any of our podcasts or anything that we do including the efforts that cbass does on the discord please consider checking out our patreon and becoming a subscriber there um that is it for us this week uh see you guys for the part two next week and uh have a good one sayonara everyone